it's Carl from Games, Brains, and Headbanging Life, GBHBL.com. This is the GBHBL Whiplash, and welcome to episode three. If this is your first time listening to us, don't forget that you can go back to the older podcasts, episodes one and two, currently on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And of course, if you're doing that, do us a big favor, hit that subscribe button and drop us a review. Just don't give us a one star, because that does not help us. Support us in any way you can. Talking of which, got to do the uh, housework first. You can find us at gbhbl.com. It's our website. It's where we live. Everything you need is over there. But in addition, on social media, you can check us out on Facebook, GBHBL, Twitter, GBHBL official, underscore official. Um, you can find us on Tumblr as well. We're over there. We're also on Instagram or with GBHBL. Lucky enough, we're GBHBL across the board. Um, and yeah, so just hit. Give us a like, give us a follow, whatever you feel you need to do to support us. Of course, we've also got a Patreon if you really, really want to support us. Head over to patreon.com forward slash GBHBL and drop us a few quid, a few dollars because it's American, even though we're in England. Um, and all that money, any money we get, the money that we're currently getting at the moment, it, it gets pumped back into the site completely. None of it goes in our pockets. We are not doing this to earn money. We're simply doing this for the love and to try and make it as big and important as it possibly can be to support the upcoming bands, to review the games, to review the horror, to shout and scream and rant and rave. That's entirely what it's about. It's entirely what we enjoy doing. So, yeah, if you can do that, if you want to do that, more power to you. Thank you very much. Of course you don't have to. So in this episode, once again, we have tracks to play. Very excited by these tracks. We have four, four in total today. Again, like last week, we're lucky enough to get four. And they are going to be coming from Northhammer, Face in the Gallows, Soul Dissolution, and Hadian. Those four tracks will be played throughout the episode, as well as some general chit-chat, some maybe a bit of news, some opinions, and some personal stuff as well, as I'm still doing this on my lonesome. But hey, we're going to do it. Everyone else is busy. So yeah, we're going to start with that very first track, a first track, and we're going to open with Northhammer. Now, Northhammer is a solo project, new album is called Stormcaller and out on March 16th, 2018. Andrew James of Eye of Horus and Shotgunner. It's his work, his solo project, a wonderful folkish Viking metal album. Really get that vibe. And it's clearly inspiration from earlier stuff. Uh, you definitely, if you know your early Viking folk style metal, you'll, you'll recognise sort of the inspirations here. I did mention some of them in a previous podcast, but I'm going to leave it to see what you think and when you hear anything. Okay, yeah, I'm getting that vibe from it. So this track we're about to play you is the opening track off that album. An absolutely stonking way to to style it. You're really going to enjoy it. It's called Avatar, so just sit back and enjoy this.
That's a good one, isn't it? Absolutely love that track, and the whole album as a whole is brilliant. Make sure you go and check it out. Check out the band Northhammer. The track's called Avatar. You can pick that up now over on Bandcamp. The album will be available across the board, streaming sites, you name it, wherever you'd normally get your music. Uh, you'll be able to find it once it is released next week. Um, so, moving on. We're going to continue the theme, talking about... Um, heavier side of music with at the gates at the gates are back having announced their new album to drink from the night itself i love that title that's such a cool title and this album has been uh, announced to be released on may 18th via century media records very excited about this uh loved at the gates output since they returned um that i'd never been never knew much of them until uh at war with reality came out listened to it loved it then ended up seeing them live in quick succession a couple of times great stuff real big fan and we've reviewed their first single of this new album it's the title track to drink from the night itself and you can check it now over on the site it's written by another one of our writers brendan and holy dark lotus so I'm going to kind of paraphrase what he's written as well as my own opinion. So this is definitely a seamless continuation of what we expect from modern At The Gates, but also still sounding very much like the old At The Gates. This is a short, a short, old school, deathy, thrashy track. It's But it still sounds really fresh and vibrant. It still sounds modern. It doesn't sound like, oh, we're just trying to capture our youth. It's really heavy, it's really fast, it's really intense. This is a track to lose your shit to, basically. And it's really left left me with high hopes for the album. I'm expecting big things from the record now as a whole. May 18th can't come quick enough. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to catching them live in the summer as well. Uh, if you're not a fan of At The Gates, check this track out. It may change your mind or it may just confirm that, yeah, it's not for you. But we think it's bloody brilliant. So go over to the site, check out the review. So yeah, we've been out and about this week. As mentioned in episode two, I went to see Orphan Land at the Underworld in Camden. This uh, gig was on the 26th of February, last Monday, last week. Just before, just before we got battered by the snow although it was freezing cold and I think that definitely reflected on the amount of people inside the underworld it was uh we just thankfully it had just been before the real snow came <clears throat> excuse me so it's getting there it is freezing cold and snow like I said it's on its way by that point it started hitting parts of the country more countryside and stuff like that I'm in London so wasn't getting battered by it wasn't terrible at this stage but it definitely felt like that may have affected a lot of people's decision. Being a Monday night as well, you can imagine that maybe a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's freezing cold outside. It's Monday. Can't really afford it. It's too far to trek, so I didn't really bother. Because, got to be honest, the underworld is really empty. Really surprised because they didn't actually get there until the last few songs of In Vain, which was the last support band. So got there and it was like, oh, wow. So surprised by how empty it was. You know, walking in, getting a drink, it's like, oh, okay, not many people around. They're probably, you know, I can hear them vain playing. So, like, they're all probably watching in vain. Go down towards them, it's like, oh, shit, that's weird. Yeah, so that wasn't great for the bands, you know, admittedly. Although, like, on a selfish point of view, the Underworld, when it's packed, can be a bit of a, 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 a shit venue. Obviously, if you know the venue, um, it's basically got an upper level with some stairs down to a sort of a bottom area that's in front of the band's stage. It's a very small venue. Uh, down the bottom, obviously, there's a couple of pillars which often block people's view. But we often find, because similarly put, people are dickheads, the busier Underworld is, the more people are less willing to move around. And particularly those stairs down, you have a lot of people who will stand on those stairs and not move. Like, you'll want to go to the toilet or go get a drink mid-band. And you'll, you know, you'll make your way to those stairs and people will literally not move. I have had to, like, you know... I've had to be like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And then, like, the person's just not not even looking at me, not acknowledging me, and not getting out of the way. So it's like, okay, like, I'm going to have to push past you. And it's like, why do you have to be... What a dickhead move. Standing on the stairs, full stop, is a dickhead move. But, like, it's always one of those things that has always annoyed me. You find you find that, obviously, at most uh, places like that. The Forum in Kentish Town's another one. Uh, Shepherd's Bush can be a bit naughty for that as well, although the security there is a bit better at getting people to move away from the steps, which is nice. But yeah, anyway, so in the selfish point of view, like it being half empty, I was like, sweet, I can move around, I can get a drink. Like I could, I could, 
midway for Orphan Land, I could literally just walk to the bar, grab a drink, and be back within a minute. A minute without missing a beat, which was fucking awesome for me. And as a gig as a whole, I loved it. I had a great time. I've seen Orphan Land live twice before, but never as their own headlining set. I saw them... First time I saw them uh, was at Bloodstock, and at that point, Bloodstock a few years ago, Bloodstock Festival, and I, I had a cursory bit of knowledge about them at the time, and uh, was kind of intrigued to see what they're like. And they were outside, I don't know, it didn't do much for me. I remember kind of thinking, yeah, that's alright, but that's about it. Not much memory. The second time is the one that sort of stands a bit more. I saw them support Blind Guardian at the forum a few years ago, and after a pretty stonking intro, after a hell of an intro with All Is One, they kind of just drifted away, and I, I remember feeling quite bored by them. And then it kind of sort of stuck where it was like, okay, I, I like some of your songs on record, but live, maybe you're not doing it much for me. Maybe there's not enough energy for it. Well, thankfully, that's they've moved on, and I feel like I'm moving on with them. Because obviously the new album, Unsung Prophets, Dead Messiahs, I can't remember if that's the correct title. But that album is brilliant. I gave it 9 out of 10 in a review on the site and have crowed about it and said, damn, this is a real step up for the band. So going into this live, it was like, okay, I'm really looking forward to hearing some of these songs, some of these songs played live. But as well as that, it's kind of like, okay, let's see how far you've come. You know, is it a matter of, we've, um, are you growing? That's what I wanted to see. Are you growing? And watching it live, I felt like they, they had because it was a great set. It flew by. They had a few issues. Let's sort of, yeah, let's sort of um, start with how it began. His vocals were lost. It was very, very muted. At the time, I thought, oh, it's the bass. Because like, all I could hear was bass. You know, it could have been where I was standing. But then never really find it as a massive issue. Could have been where I was standing. Anyway, but the bass was really heavy. His vocals were getting lost, which is a real problem, obviously, if you know Northern Land. Because um, Kobe, Kobe's vocals are what's really, really important in that band. So... It was particularly, like, it kind of didn't help that the, that meant the opening song of the new album, The Cave, kind of got lost. It wasn't quite as hard-hitting. It still sounded great because the music sounds great. And, like, the band on stage looked like they were having a lot of fun, which is always such a big deal to me. You know, I love seeing my bands have fun on stage. It excites me. They look like they're enjoying themselves. It helps me enjoy myself. So they seemed rejuvenated up there. But thankfully, it sounds silly, but thankfully, his mic failed full stop. It failed full stop, which meant he had to grab the guitarist mic and that basically fixed the problem. His vocals are great and all that. And when all his one has dropped, it's fantastic. And here's what I loved about the gig in particular. There may not have been many people there. There really wasn't. Clear view, plenty of time placed, plenty of room to move around. But everyone here is there is bang into it. Like it's really energetic, really exciting stuff. You know, I'm looking around and thinking, God, people are loving this. I, I think I'm a fan. But these people love this band. It's fantastic. It's infectious. It's infectious. Particularly when the band encourage crowd interaction and sing-alongs. There's a lot of there's a lot of kind of clappings and a sort of beat that that kind of thing. And it worked and I found I was doing it and getting into it, you know, and I'm really enjoying it. And it helped that the new songs, the new music sounds brilliant. Often a highlight of the entire show were these songs. We Do Not Resist, uh, what I think first single off the album was fucking great. But my particular favourite is All Knowing I. That's off the new album. And it's so captivating and emotional listening to it. But seeing it sung live was even better. Absolutely loved it. What I didn't love so much was Kobe kind of seemed to think his vocals were lacking. He kept sort of apologising three or four times. He sort of said, you know, I'm sorry for my bad vocals and so on. Which I didn't really get because I didn't think he was having a problem at all. You know, he was being quite self-serving in that sense. Uh, if he felt it was the case. I mean, I looked at the tour date because this was their only UK date. And they'd come from Germany the day before and were going to France the next day. Which I think might have been a bit too full on. But... If he felt his vocals weren't great, I didn't know what I was hearing. I thought he sounded great. Maybe he was there and he disagreed and said, nah, I've seen him way better. He was a bit off, a bit of an off night. Fair enough. But yeah, banter and stuff like that was kind of kept to a minimum. There wasn't loads. Uh, one thing he did do was he referenced the band's past, you know, the kind of emphasis on religion and stuff like that, they've more, that they lent more heavily to. 
and then sort of made a point of showing how far they've come. I really liked that. It felt like they were turning a corner. It feels like they've come a long way. And on this show, I think that everyone in attendance enjoyed it. And it's certainly proof that the future is kind of bright. Not on attendance, you know. I'm, I'm hoping that was, again, like I said, down to the snowy weather. But musically and performance-wise, that was... It wasn't just the best time I've seen them live. It was the best gig I've seen this year so far. Now, it's only March, so, you know, early days. Still got many more to come. But they did brilliantly, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want to come away going, oh, you know, I wish I'd seen uh, this or I'd seen that, or it was just all right, or I got a bit bored. I wasn't bored for the entire hour and a half, so good on Orphan Land, you know. And, of course, check out the new album. It really is that damn good. Right, that's enough of me babbling about Orphan Land. Let's play another song. On the 20th of February, 2018, Face and the Gallows released Dead Mindset, the highly anticipated new album from the Johannesburg Metal Titans. It's an album that blends elements of metalcore, punk, thrash, and hardcore. It really does. All those things you think, man, they, they all sound like they go together, but it also sounds like it could be an absolute mess of music well it's not it's not it's a fantastic album this is a band well worth checking out we absolutely love the album gave a really high score i'm not going to tell you what it is go to the site and check it out if you want to know what we thought as well as our words and of course from that you can also find all the links to the Bandcamp, amazon where it's on spotify deezer google play and their social media because that's what we do we don't just review your music we'll make sure we link to your stuff because ultimately that's what we want to do, we're out to promote you, which is what we're playing this for. So the track we're going to play you is called Tides of Terror. Seriously heavy, heavy song. So sit back and enjoy this motherfucker. Get off! 
So that was Facing the Gallows. The song was Tides of Terror and it's off their new album, Dead Mindset. Check it out. It's out now. Love that song. Fucking great. So continuing with the theme of all the podcasts, now going to go through a couple of albums that are coming out on the site as reviews over the next week. A lot of these albums are for the future, coming out throughout March and April. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown overview that we think you should definitely check these out this week. So, Melodic Black Metal first with Antlers, releasing Beneath, Below, Behold on March 23rd via Van Records and Total Music. It's a mournful style of black metal, providing both darkness and beauty. A damn good album. Some more black metal, but this time a more rustic and filth-encrusted release, coming from Ungfell. It's called Mythin, Morin, Pestilence, and will be released on March 23rd. This stands out thanks to its occasional ejections of folk. It's a little bit different, and a little bit more... Definitely a little bit unique. Keeping with the theme of upcoming weeks, reviews, and songs that were playing on this podcast, Soul Dissolution are a Belgian-based black metal band, and Stardust is a wondrous and epic slab of darkness, which will be released on March 25th via Black Lion Records. Honestly, this one. Read the review, because you're going to get a song as well from this band on this um there's a particular track off this album that I think is one of the best released, going to be released this year. Best so far, definitely. Moving on, a different release now though. On a March 30th, UK thrash death metalers reprised will release None Survived the Sun via Hostile Media. This is an intensely heavy and tech-tinged release. Then we have the self-titled debut release from death metalers Soul de Sangri out on March 23rd via Black Market Metal. How about the physical release of Cadaver Puterifacto? Puterifacto. I'm saying that wrong. I apologize. It's not an easy one. The physical release of La Maldicion del Zombie Erquente. Out on April 6th via Brutal Records. Thankfully, you can already pick this up digitally. So you can go, what the fuck was he saying? Go check it out yourself. Um, it's already available digitally, but it's getting a physical release on Brutal Records, a mind-meltingly body-spasming death metal release. This one's fucking heavy. And lastly, a modern, melodic death metal release from Finland's Moors Sabitia. They released a new 11-track album entitled Into the Pitch Black on April 6th via Inverse Records. This is a standout album. This week, whole week, has album after album after album of just fantastic and unique sounding music. Oh, you know, every week comes around, I'm like, okay, surely I'm not going to be hitting the highs this week. Maybe it'll be an odd one here and there. Nope, still quality. The underground, the up-and-comers, they're still absolutely fucking killing it. Whenever people say, rock and metal ain't bringing anything new out, you're just not looking hard enough. It's there. Go look. This is the kind of stuff. Hey, and if you don't know where to look, come to us. GBHmail.com, and you'll find everything you need to there. Just hit those tabs, Album Reviews 2018, Album Reviews 2017, and see the hundreds and hundreds of great bands releasing great music. Right, we're absolutely flying through this podcast. Truth be told, this week, very light on content. There just was not anything newsworthy worth chatting about. Trying to fill a podcast around the tracks has not been an easy task, you know. Um, thankfully, I had the live reviews and obviously the album stuff. I've got a few more things near the end. But with that in mind, we're going to play the third track now. The third track, this one coming from progressive metal band Hadian. They were formed in 2014 and released their debut album, Sunrise, on December 2nd, 2017. A album, an album that is all about complex arrangements. It kind of ignores the whole verse, chorus, standard. Instead goes for a more storytelling style of prog. It's very, very, very good. We're about to play you the last track of that album, the title track called Sunrise. So sit back, as I always say, sit back, close your eyes and lose yourself in this wonderful piece of music.
So Sunrise is out now. You can pick up the album via Apple Music, Spotify, usual streaming sites, but also pick it up over Amazon where it's at for a very low, low price. Head over to Facebook, give the band a like to keep up to date with their news and check out their website too. Definitely, definitely one of the most surprisingly pleasant things I've listened to in the last couple of weeks. So we're coming to the end. We do have one more track for you, which we'll play at the end, similar to how we've done it so far. But before then, it's kind of, okay, going off the theme, talking about Orphan Land and live, and just generally my live experiences, I wanted to go a little bit more in depth, kind of about some of my favourite shows that I've ever been to. And as I think I've said before on the earlier podcast, I've been really lucky. Uh, I live in London. I've lived in London most of my life. Um, so I have been able to see a wider range of bands, a wide array, because obviously it's always a major stop for most bands when they tour. Because of that, I've seen everything from literally £6 ticket gigs to the £50 plus shows, you know, um, all over, all different variety. Uh, I know you listen to this and you often might think, oh, it's just in the death metal thrash and the heavier side of things. That's not actually the case. It's got a wide array of taste in the rock and metal world. And because of that, over the years, I've seen so many different things. I have a few curiosity for interest briefly, or I might have liked the band for a while, or liked an album, and so on. You know, I think uh, I always think when my first ever gig was like a Slipknot gig at London Arena, the now long gone London Arena venue. Uh, after that, I didn't see anything for a while, and then I remember catching uh, Dragon Force, Dragon Force at the London Astoria. Uh, remember drinking so much at that gig that uh, I ended up having to sort of plough my way through the crowd to stop myself throwing up. That was a rough one. We have seen, I've seen things from the Berserker at the Underworld. That was a bad one. To Metallica at the O2 Arena. So I was looking at all my old stubs, you know. I, I like to hang on to my stubs, nice memories, that kind of thing. I'm looking at all of them and trying to sort of think, well, what, what would I consider to be the best gigs I've ever been to? Like the ones, not necessarily like it was the best show ever or the best show I'd ever seen or something like that. More... What, what, how important was it to me? Like, how much of a big deal was it? You know, like, the first time I ever saw Metallica was at Wembley Stadium. Uh, if you know that show, it was Sick of the Studio 07, I think it was. Yeah, 2007, Sick of the Studio. They had a Mastodon, him, a Machine Head, who were last minute replacement. I can't remember who they replaced, but they were last minute replacement that we were pretty up about. And Metallica, that's the first time I saw Metallica. I've got great memories of it. But it's at a stadium, so it doesn't stand out. Whereas their O2 Arena shows definitely do, you know, or Sonosphere with the big four shows with my son, the first time he ever saw Metallica. So things like that. But I haven't really, I only, it, it's as much like, as much about being important as well as how much I like the music too. So that one that I always remember definitely stands, it was February 2010, and it was Ramstein at Wembley Arena. This is the first time I'd ever seen Ramstein live. Uh, being a big fan for a long time. They're part of my youth, my history, uh, growing up in heavy metal. Probably this first sort of different band out of the new metal genre. You know, the album Mutter was my introduction to them. And uh, never looked back from that. I basically love all their albums. I think they're a very talented band. And obviously, leading up to this show, I knew I'd heard about the live shows. I'd seen videos and things like that. But seeing it, seeing it, um, seeing it live. If you've never seen Ramstein live, Jesus Christ, I didn't know how to put on a show. Now, it's always kind of funny, I always laugh at this, how that I will go from not seeing, a, having never seen a band before, to then seeing that band several times in the space of like a year. I think following this gig, I then saw them at the O2 Arena in London, and then at Sonosphere as well. And it was like, I hadn't seen Ramstein one, once, and now suddenly I've seen them three times in like the space of a year, year and a half. But yeah, this is always, it stands out to me because it was the first time I'd ever seen, and I'd never seen a show like that. I'd never seen um, the amount of effort they put in. Uh, you know, and even though it's like, it is visually awesome, it musically as well, the the songs they have, and at this point it was the Libra Est, I can't say the album, but it was that album tour, and obviously that album's bloody good. So that mixed with a lot of the old stuff, a lot of stuff I'd grown up with, you know, I was hearing things like, I heard, heard Mutter Live, the actual song Mutter, which I've always really, really liked. It was fucking great, you know? And weirdly enough, a lot of my favourite gigs, a lot of the ones sort of uh, written down here, actually come in more modern times. You know, I was looking back at some of the older gigs and I was thinking, I just went to everything. You know, I saw Cradle of Filth back in the day, I saw Machine Head back in the day, I saw Machine Head as part of a tour called The Black Crusade, which had like Arch Enemy and Dragon Force. And I'm like, yeah, it was good. 
but it doesn't stand out. Like, I don't look back and go, oh, yeah, that was such an important time for me and things like that, you know. I've seen Good Charlotte, for fuck's sake, at Brixton Academy. Um, I can't, you know, it's never going to be in there. It's going to be like, okay, I remember I went with a lot of friends, so I had it and got drunk, so it was a fun time in that sense. I've seen Demi Borgir um, in a very small venue like the Islington Academy, things like that. Um, it doesn't stand out in a way like a lot of the more modern stuff does. Maybe, obviously, that could just be because it's fresh in my memory, but it's mainly because these were important or it was a, a landmark time. For example, in August 2014, I saw Emperor at Bloodstock Festival. Now, this was actually the second time I saw them in the space of three months because I'd seen them a couple of months before at Hellfest, the French festival. I think uh, it was in June 2014. I think that, yeah, it was in June. So I then saw them in August as a headline for, for at Bloodstock. And that one, that one was... I, that's the one that stands out for me. Although they were great at Hellfest, this is the one that stands out for me because they were on when it got dark. There was a show, so you really got to see it. It was, you know, basically it was the same set as um, Hellfest, a little bit longer because of the headline slot, but it was just felt so much better, felt darker, felt deeper. Less of, obviously not such a huge crowd. I had family with me. That was such a big deal to me, that seeing them there. That wasn't the first time I'd seen them. It felt like it was, you know. Emperor had been such a big part of my turn eventually towards a more black metal taste and things like that. We're talking about Hellfest. Um, I, I saw the same Hellfest at Emperor. I saw a tour assess inside the, the tent, one of the tents there. Again, it, it was probably my fourth or fifth time of seeing Tourists. I'm a big fan of this band. Uh, always hilariously funny stories. I met them at a signing back in back when I was younger. As part of my go to every gig possible, I used to also enter a fuckload of competitions on some of the you know the bigger magazine things like Kerrang and Metal Hammer and the likes of that. And I remember winning. Um, there was this event playing at like an HMV at the bottom. Um, like I had Tourists on it. Had Enter Shikari on it. And I won tickets to it, but it was also you could go and get some signs. It's like, okay, I, I didn't know any of these bands. I generally didn't. I, I, I think I might have heard like one or two Teresa songs, but this was back in the very early days. Like I think Battle Metal had just been released. So I'm, and I've still got the signed poster of them and there were pictures taken and I basically didn't know who the fuck they were. And it's hilarious to think, oh God, if I met them now, I'd probably be like a gushing fan fanboy over it, you know, like crying, oh my God, you know, I, I, I wouldn't actually be, I always sort of say that uh, I never actually want to meet my heroes, not because they might let me down, I got fuck all to say to them, how many, how many times can I, how many times have you heard, oh yeah, I really like your music, I just, you know, it's that kind of thing, it's like, because of this as well, I don't want to be more professional and end up accidentally start doing a fucking interview, but yeah, I've seen Tourists live quite a bit, and they've always been great, at Hellfest, something was special happened, Oh, it's always really hard for me to describe, but basically, I was part of a crowd, got really close to them as well, got right in the mix. Normally, I'm not big for getting in the mix. So I'm more of a stand back and enjoy it. I don't want to get bumped around and I want to have a drink and I want to be able to go to the bar and not worry about not getting back to where I was, etc, etc, etc. But with this one, I was like, okay, they're on for like 45 minutes, fuck the drink, just get in there and enjoy it. And the crowd was so into it, like I was surrounded by people. No one was being a dick. I was surrounded by people that were just loving Tourists as much as I did and it's always such a special and I always remember the song we ride together it it was so fucking good like the I mean the atmosphere the song itself is great but the atmosphere and the feeling that was around me it was proper like choked me up kind of shit I was like holy shit I felt like I was part of something important and special right there and then that one so that's like a big deal to me um Blind Guardian my first time seeing Blind Guardian at the uh, forum in Kentish Town, April 2015. It was the first time I'd seen Blind Garden. I'd only gotten into them maybe a couple of years beforehand, and they'd been out of the loop for a while. So going to see them at this show the very first time, I didn't know what to expect. You know, you, you listen to them live, um, live on the album, and you're like, God, that sounds so fucking good. There's no way they can pull off that voice and that, 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 that style live perfectly. And then they did, and they fucking did. And it was a set list that had some of my favourite songs in it. I absolutely loved it. I've seen them, um, what now, three, four times since. Once again at the Forum. Although that one wasn't quite as good. Just a little step down. Weird enough, this uh, Blind Guardian at the Forum, April 2015. I'm pretty sure that's the one that Orphan Land supported. But yeah, so that's another real standout. A lot of the time it is like that. And the last one, the last one I looked at, like I said, I looked at stubs, uh, a couple of hundred stubs, and was just like, okay, you can't just keep, you can't just make a long list of things you liked. Which are the ones that you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. 
And these are the ones there, like, for example, um, and one that I did consider putting in here was Nine Inch Nails. I travelled to Nottingham to see Nine Inch Nails. And it was great. But it was great for a different kind of reason. But I was really tired and um, not really feeling it. And they had those guys walking around with beer bags on the back. And if you've ever seen them, they're big beer tanks. So basically, you ain't got to go to the bar. And uh, this guy basically made a circle around me. He made a fucking circle. Every time I needed a drink, it felt like he just knew I needed one and he was there, which makes my life so much easier. But I mean, I'm not the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan, but it was I'd never seen him and it was an opportunity and it was like, okay, cool, let's go see him and check him out. You know, I like some of their songs. And I enjoyed myself thoroughly because I got drunk, which always helps, and I'd never heard Hurt Life. And that was really fucking cool. But it's not going to go down as one of my best gigs ever because it it doesn't mean enough to me. Whereas, Faith in the Moor at the Roundhouse, Camden, London, June 2015, the first time, no, second time, tell a lie, second time. Well, I say second time, but really it was the first time. The first time I actually saw them was a download way back in, like I think maybe 2009, when they had just sort of come back. And they did a headline set, um, a headline set at download where I think everyone felt like everyone had fucked off to see Motley Crue I think it might have been or Pendulum one of the other one of those bands were on the other stage so it was really kind of empty for Faith No More and it hadn't had a new album yet so it was basically a best of and I really enjoyed it really a lot of fun uh, funny little memories from that sort of thing I remember being out of beer and um, the missus came back exactly as Faith No More started um, one of the um, epic started epic and I was with my brother and she came back with beers right at that point. I always remember that. It's just like perfect fucking timing. But yeah, this June 2015 one means way more than that. Because the new album was out. And I think the new album, Soul Invictus, the last album, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant album. It was such a return to form. It was fantastic to see. And to see them in the Roundhouse, which is one of the countries, the UK's best, let alone London, the UK's best venues. As well with beer, with family. Hearing not just the old classics, but his great new songs meant so fucking much to me. I had such a great time. I, I'm talking about now and I'm picturing the stage, the flowers, the white outfits, Mike Patton and his fucking voice. Absolutely brilliant. So there's there's some of my favourite ones. I mean, there are more. There probably are more if I really sat there for ages and studied it. You know, stubs I might have lost and things like that. I've been to some wacky stuff. I got free tickets to see Linkin Park a couple of years ago at the... Um, the Roundhouse uh, went because it was free. Took my brother uh, Liam, who was a big fan, so it was like, "Cool, we'll go." And we basically got pretty smashed on Budweiser, absolutely smashed in it, and I had a blast. Now, now it's taken a more relevancy because I'd never wanted to see Lincoln Park. Didn't care about him anymore. I might have grown up liking Hybrid Theory, but everything afterwards, and particularly the new album, sucked. But now I think back and go, "Oh, okay, I saw Lincoln Park before Chester died." You know, that's kind of cool. Um, and just random stuff out. So many random shots. I've seen Prince. I've seen Prince live at the O2 Arena with one of my best friends. Um, that was fucking awesome. It really was. I, um, that's that's a special one that sort of stands out for me. Yeah, I saw Prince, man. That was cool as fuck. So yeah, eclectic, eclectic amount of gigs I've been to. So let's wrap up this podcast with one final track. This is coming from Soul Dissolution. The review for this album goes up in a few days' time, so if you come back to the site, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, you'll actually find the full review of it there. The album is called Stardust. It's released on March 25th, 2018 via Black Lion Records. Now, Soul Dissolution are a melodic black metal band, but bringing wondrous and epic-sounding darkness steeped in atmosphere. Fucking love this kind of stuff. You can order the album now via Bandcamp and where you'll find the early releases as well. And, of course... Um, Go over to Facebook and give them a like over there. And you can also check out the singles now, which are on streaming sites too. We're going to play you the title track, Stardust. Thank you very much for listening. I know this week's been a bit rougher, trying to get stuff together, trying to put it together around life as well. Always a bit of a difficult one. But thank you for putting up with it. Look forward to speaking to you next time. And of course, like I said, don't forget we are Games, Brains, Headbanging Life, GBHball.com. Hit that subscribe button if you want to hear more music from upcoming bands and my general wankery talk. Cheers. <laughs>